This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. So can I just be vulnerable with you guys? Is that okay? Um, the way that God's been working with me is, is I'm a very passionate person, if you don't know. So like, if you hear me yelling, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just really excited with everything. So what, the way that God has been working with me is giving me a creative outlet or a creative flow to be able to write my heart on pages. And it sounds like a book. But, I, you know, I'm not trying to write a book. I'm just trying to write my heart to be able to communicate it to you guys. Is that okay? So the whole reason for me doing this is I just want you to know that there's a God that loves you. And he sent his son to die for you. So you can live an abundant life right here, right now. Is that okay? Cool. So Jesus, we just thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. You haven't stopped walking down these aisles just because we stopped the music. Your presence hasn't left us because <laughs> it's time for the message. If anything, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that it intensifies right here, right now, that there's a confidence right here, right now that can only come from heaven and not from earth. I thank you, God, that hearts and minds and, and, and identities have shifted right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I thank you that the way we used to think is completely different after that hour of worship and another 20, 30 minutes of teaching God and another 30 to 45 minutes of driving home. I thank you that as we sleep our eight hours, when we wake up, God, all these times put together just changes our life forever. That we're not the person we were when we hit the bed or the person we were when we woke up this morning. Even if we were good people, we're we're even after more life. So thank you, God, for that more life. Say more life. More life. Okay, cool. Two people said it. Say more life. And I hear Holy Spirit saying, it's a choice if you want more life or not, and that's okay. He's still going to love you the same, but he's an endless God full of opportunity. So there's a place for him and you to partner for more life. What a good dad. And I think about my life, like I would have never guessed I'd be up here talking to you guys right now. If anything, I'm supposed to be dead, but here I am, dead to myself and alive to Christ. So I'm going to let you know where I wrote uh, all this from. Is that okay? So this is my heart right here. So I wrote this from a place of thinking, what do I have to hold on to? Like, what's a kind of substance, material, a word from God, something that like I actually get to hold on to when life comes at me? Are you guys with me? Because life is happening to everybody, whether we want to or not. And life is going to continue to happen until Jesus comes and takes us, you know, or we pass away. Whatever it is that you think happens, there's something that, that, that comes against us because we're actually children of God. So I wrote this from a place of thinking, what do I have to hold on to? And these are some of the moments that I'm going to share with you guys. And this is where my vulnerability comes in. In the moments that I feel like circumstances are trying to take me down. Anybody ever feel that way? Where there's little circumstances trying to take you down? Can I get a show of hands? One or two. That's awesome. I love you guys. We're in good company, right? I thought all the way from the small moments. Can I give you an example of very small moments? This is a world. This is the first world problem. I was watching a movie with my wife yesterday, and uh, our Apple TV was there. Our nice LG TV was there. Uh, all of that was free, by the way. And then sitting on my couch, that's the only thing I paid for. Everything else I have was completely free. This nice little, um, it's, not, it's not a, where's Pastor Bet? She normally corrects me with it. An ottoman. 
That sounds right, right? That sounds like a piece of furniture. Okay, my wife handles all the furniture if you don't know. But this nice ottoman that's underneath is from like the 1970s, it's uh, mid-century, whatever that means. Uh, and it's free, it's all from God. So I'm sitting here enjoying this and then my wife is straight from God because she shouldn't be alive either. So I'm here spending time with everything that I have from God and guess what I get mad at? My Wi-Fi. And then also my Wi-Fi, I actually got a military discount on it. So I'm not even paying full price for the best version of it. And I get really upset when we're watching this movie and it hits the little spinny thing for one second. Not even one second. What's less than a second? We're all the smart people. A millisecond. Like a millisecond happens and I'm like, oh, I'm mad. It ruined the flow of the movie. I don't know what's going to happen, who's going to die and who's going to make it. But but, but are you guys with me? Am I the only one that gets that way? So I'm looking at this and it spins and I'm like, okay, the first time I'm cool with it. The second time happens, there's an old saying, you know, fool me once, shame on me, right? The second time happens, I'm like, okay, all right, this is cool. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it. Jesus is here. He's with me. <laughs> then the third time happens, and I'm like, oh, and I throw everything. I'm like, we're going we're gonna to cancel everything. We're going to get rid of everything. And I started thinking, man, what a first world problem to have. But it's still a circumstance. And all I had to do was stop for a second, turn to the Holy Spirit. And he's like, what if you just restart stuff? Just turn things on, turn them back on. And I'm like, that sounds way better than destroying all the free things that you have given me. But isn't that kind of what we do in life? Where we're like one second, we're like thanking God and we're like, God, I love you so much. Thank you for giving me this and giving me this opportunity. And then you're in the opportunity that he opened up the door for because you and him partner together. And then we're complaining about it rather than stopping, resetting and turning toward him to say, what do you want me to do now that I'm positioned here in this place and environment that you created because it's your idea? Am I the only one that thinks this way? Come on. So I thought from the small moments, my Wi-Fi taking too long to load, thinking back when I didn't know if I could make rent on time. Anybody been there before? Come on, be real with me tonight. My car getting broken into. Anybody ever have your, uh, your things violated like that? Oh my gosh, I was livid. I was hot because I was on my way to a ministry session to get some coffee and I'm getting ready to get in my car and like all my stuff is in like the passenger seat. And then I, I call my wife and I'm like, well, actually take a picture. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, girl? Like you were looking for your glasses or something? Like I take a picture and I'm like, why would you do this? And she's, she texts me, she's like, baby, someone broke into our car. And the amount of like anger that I had, the audacity for somebody, and then my car was free. It was also a free car. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how blessed God has been with me because I say yes to the possibility that it might be him. And I go with it even though I'm afraid or I might have shame. I'm like, God, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. But these moments when these circumstances hits me, it just bugs me because then I forget about God and I try to handle it on my own will, my own power. Where if I can just stay calm and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? First, call the cops. (laughs) Second, call your insurance. Third, cancel your appointment for the ministry thing because the cops are going to take too long. Don't get mad. And that's okay. They showed up. This is the crazy part. They end up catching the guy. So the lady shows up, side story. So this lady shows up, the police officer shows up. She's being all weird with me because it was like during COVID times and I was just so excited she showed up. I was in the best mood ever. I was like, I'm so happy you're here, lady. I love you. And she was like, six feet, sir. And I'm like, I am six feet, but I'm still loving you. Like, help. And she was like, I was like, what do we do? I I don't know. I'm afraid. I'm scared. And then she was like, okay, well, it's actually your fault for leaving the car unlocked. If you had locked all your stuff, then there would be no robbers because they know that all the cars are locked. And I was like, wow, like, I really want to be angry right now. But God, what do you say? God's like, hey, she's your authority figure. Submit under her. Let her do her thing. She's just going by the rule book. So then I go and I'm like, yes, Lord, that's what you're saying. So I look at her and I'm like, thank you for that lovely advice. I remember that now. And so I go and she's like, I'm going to do a fingerprint, but there's a chance nothing's going to come back. 
And I was like, that's totally fine. Do what you got to do. I'm here for the insurance in case they stole anything anyways. So we go, we do the thing. Um, this is the cool part. I walked away from the car and my keys were in my pocket and my door automatically locked. And she was like, hey, I can't get in your car. And I was like, because when my keys are a certain six feet away, my car automatically locks. So was it even my fault that the car was open or not? Anyways, I just felt good about that. I'm a little petty right now just being able to share that with you. Lord, thank you so much. I feel so much better. Anyways, so uh, this is the whole point of that story is six months later, I get a call from her and she's like, hey, um, somebody's fingerprints clicked. Somebody's fingerprints binged. Do you know this man? And I was like, I had never heard of this dude in my entire life. And then, you know, six months later after that, I get called to the courtroom where they're actually going to persecute him because he went all the way to Fairfax robbing people's cars. Isn't that crazy? And I was there and I was so nervous because I'm like, well, the love of God, but then there's also a justice system. So like, what do I do? What do I do here? Because I was called to testify. And I, and I kept going through all these scenarios in my head of like, if I get up there, do I preach the gospel? Am I allowed to preach the gospel? Or are they going to put me in handcuffs for preaching the gospel? And I'm just sitting there by myself. They haven't said anything. I'm sitting there for hours just so ready. I'm like, call me, call me. I'm ready. I'm going to save everybody in this room. Homeless people that stole stuff from me before are there. And I'm like, I'm going to get them all born again. I'm here to do something, Lord. And then the, 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 the name finally comes up and the judge is like, oh, he refused transfer or something like that. He was still in Fairfax. And I was really mad because I was ready for revival to happen there. And then also it didn't click in my head of, wasn't he, wait, aren't you in charge? Can't you pull this dude out and bring him here so I could talk about Jesus? <laughs> Anyways, the whole point of that is there's, there's certain circumstances that happen where you can make it all about you or you can make it all about God. Even though things are happening to you and the things that he blessed, with you, blessed you with, what is God telling you to do with what he wants you to do? Is that making sense? Because then you might show revival in the whole courtroom. Yeah. Okay. Two people are with me. I love you. So then I wrote, my car getting broken into or breaking down. I don't have time for that story. My thumb getting badly jammed. Nate has that story. It was great. We were playing turkey ball. We were going. There was a lot of pride going on because he was fast. I was fast. E equals MC square. I ran into him. I weighed 200 pounds. You look like a buck 150 because you've been working out. And then his whole thigh goes straight into my thumb and pop. But I'm a man, so I didn't cry. So I walked around and I did this thing. And so I'm walking around and I'm like, but I know Jesus can heal me. And so I'm going around and I'm like, Jesus, you can heal me. You can heal me. Wait, remember everything we learned. Okay, the, the mind and the brain, the spirit and the brain, uh, faith. What is faith? What's my name? Where am I? <laughs> and then God, but, 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 but you see what I'm doing? I'm using everything that I've heard at church just to find a way in this place of pain to connect me with this father that loves me no matter what. Are you guys with me? So I'm in this midst of pain and I'm looking for him. And God was like, go back to Nate and let him pray for you you. And then I went, took a knee, and I thought about when he prayed for my ankle years ago, and it was instantly healed. So I'm looking for that instant healed, but I'm like, I'm just here to receive it. What do you want me to do, Jesus? I don't want to do anything without you. And Nate's praying for it, and it's going, and then it just gets really fat. And I'm driving home, and I start spiraling out of control, and I start having the thoughts, well, if God was with me, why did I get hurt? If God was with me, wouldn't I be healed right now? And God was like, hey, can I give you my perspective instead? And I said, absolutely, God, what do you want to give me? And he said, what, what if your finger was supposed to be broken, but because you prayed for it, it's no longer broken? Yeah. What if ligaments were supposed to be torn, but they are, but you can't see it because it's still swollen? And I said, okay, God, what's the next spiritual thing? Put it in ice. <laughs> <laughs> what made it hard was when I got home, my wife had just told me, Bebe, 
pray before you play. Don't get hurt. Make sure you stretch. You're not as young as you used to be. And I, I promise I did it. <laughs> anyway, so I go home, ice it. But today I can move it. Look at that. I couldn't do that a, a, a while ago. And it's still purple. And, and I'm still believing for 100% healing. But I couldn't do this before. This is like less than 48 hours of me being able to do this. And you know what? I'm going to say that's Jesus. And I can hear people going, how do we know that's Jesus? Well, I can move my finger. You weren't in the pain that I was in. Are you ready? So we're going to get a little deeper. Not knowing if I'm living up to my full potential in life with God. Anybody's been there? How about this one? Getting my heart broken by a girl I made my God. Woo! Wanting to be a father soon and wondering if I'll ever be a good one. I'm going to give it that. We're good to go, baby. I'm telling you. Um, this, one, this one's a recent one. This one's a little deeper. Okay, so take a deep breath. My biological dad dying from cancer in his blood and not being able to make amends. My new dad being diagnosed with a lung problem. <laughs> you guys good? So all of these areas of life that could be against me, the only thing that I could think about that could bring life and peace in all of these moments is trust with God unhindered. Are you guys with me? So this is my heart. When I wrote everything that was here, when I was reading the Bible with God, my whole heart was in this place of God. How can I trust you without any hindrance? What is it that you want to show me, even though it feels like all these circumstances are against me and the real life things? What is it that you want to do? So we're actually going to go into the book of Habakkuk, I think I said that right. Pastor Bez not here, but she told me that it's Habakkuk. So if you're there, go to Habakkuk. It's right before the Gospels, a couple books before it. Very short book. And we're going to be in Habakkuk 2, 4. Are you guys okay? Yeah, morning. Since you guys have your Bibles, I'm so proud of you guys. There's something about carrying your sword. It's a good thing. Your phone counts too. That's okay too. We're also going to be in um, Exodus. Do, 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 do. We might not make it to Exodus, but that's okay. I still love you guys. God's so full. I'll just give you Exodus when we get there. Is that okay? Yeah. We're now wearing Habakkuk. So this is my introduction. Unhindered trust is such a beautiful place to be in. It moves us from a place where the world has so much influence and such a hold on us. Anybody ever feel like that before? Where we feel like the world has absolute hold on us? Well, unhindered trust actually takes us to a place where the only thing that holds us is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The reason I can say that to you guys here is because you guys are hungry or else you guys wouldn't be here. You guys all know Jesus or else you wouldn't be here. You guys all want a relationship with the Holy Spirit or you wouldn't be here right now, right? So we can say that we would rather trade the entire world for a moment to be in the arms of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, we call all this one word as well. We can call it faith. Say faith. Faith. I love this. One of the translations for faith is in the book of Habakkuk 2.4. The just shall live by his faith. In the Old Testament, a definition for faith, which is that word right there, is steadiness. Are you ready? I love this definition. So I'm just trying to paint pictures for you. The quality of not shaking or moving or having continuous development with intensity. Isn't that good? Oh, faith just really gets me. I love it. The quality of not shaking or being moved, but still having continuous development with intensity. Can you imagine not being moved by any situation that comes your way? Can you imagine that? Can you picture that? Something happens. Someone breaks into your car and you're not moved. You're not shaked. Your dad just died and you're not moved. You're not shaked. Someone offended you and you're not moved. You're not shaked. 
Isn't that good? That is so good. Can you imagine not being moved by any situation that comes your way? Still being able to move forward with the same intensity. Anybody ever feel like you have momentum, you're going, and then something that you weren't paying attention to came, hit you, and you're stuck in your tracks, and you're like, God, you forsake me. He hasn't forsake you. He's waiting. It's a, it's a place where he can come, give you his thoughts, his idea, and his visions, and then move on with the same momentum. Are you guys with me? I jumped ahead. <laughs> Can you imagine not being moved by any situation that comes your way? Still being able to move forward with the same intensity, even if circumstances outside of your control keeps creeping up. Any of them ever creep up on you? It's a place only accessible by one word. Are you ready? And that word is salvation. Again, in Habakkuk, salvation in the Hebrew means victory. Come on, say victory. victory. Oh man, do it like the old day. I want a victory. <laughs> Say it with me. I want, a victory. I want a victory. It don't count. It don't work if you don't put your hand up. I want a victory. I'm just joking. It works without your hands. But come on. Class participation. Look at this. This is the part that I love. This is why I love the scripture. It is also the root word from which the name Jesus comes from. Salvation in Hebrew means victory, but it's also the root word from which the name Jesus comes from. Come on. We're reading Old Testament stuff. Are you guys still with me? Just imagine that salvation is Jesus and Jesus is and has victory. Woo! And it's available to us right right now. We actually experienced it when we were singing songs. We're not singing songs for the sake of singing songs. We're reminding ourselves that Jesus is the victor and he has victory in every area of our life. I just, woo, I just get so excited. It makes me want to go back and do everything again from this place of victory. Yes. The places where I felt that I gave up momentum, I want to go back and just bulldoze through it. But not with my willpower, because my willpower led to a place of what can make me comfortable. But going into God's willpower brings us to this place of victory. If you're not having victory in your life, it's a great indication of, am I doing it by myself or am I doing it with the spirit of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit? Are you guys with me? Don't feel bad. Eight, Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. Two people get it. Good job. You don't punish yourself. I love you. Imagine that salvation is Jesus and Jesus is and has victory. Real faith, again, the quality of not shaking or moving or having continuous development with intensity only comes from Jesus Christ. I relate so much to Habakkuk, a prophet in the Old Testament. Habakkuk, his name actually means embraced. That word embrace means hold closely in one arm. Go, aw. It's so sweet. Yeah, if you have a neighbor, just hold them. Just hold them a little bit. Hold them a little bit. If they're too far away, just give them a little, a little far away high five. You know, just be like, I'm here to hand hug you a little bit. I want to hold your hand. All right. I relate so much to Habakkuk, a prophet in the Old Testament. I keep saying Old Testament for a reason. <laughs> It's really good. A prophet in the Old Testament, his name means embrace, hold closely in one's arms specifically by God. His book is written from a place of questions to God. So that's the whole book of Habakkuk. It's just this prophet whose name means embraced by God, coming to a place where Habakkuk is actually asking God a bunch of questions, wondering why the Babylon kingdom, so there's a kingdom that was against God's people, they were coming and they were actually attacking and hurting God's chosen people. So Habakkuk came and was like, hey God, why is this happening? And then you kind of see what happened with King David where he was able to come share his heart and you see a response from the Holy Spirit or from Jesus or from God. 
Does that make sense? So that's actually what the book of Habakkuk is, okay? It's why the Babylonian kingdom who, who is opposed to God can attack and hurt God's chosen people. This is what I love about God. The beautiful part is that God didn't respond with lightning. It wasn't like he wrote mid-sentence and then he was gone. We have no idea what happened. Instead, Habakkuk responded, instead God responded with the name that was given to Habakkuk, which means embraced by God, also known as intimacy. So that makes me feel really good because if that was possible in the Old Testament, what's possible now that Jesus lives inside of us? If he was able to ask questions without dying, without being punished, without any condemnation that happened there, what's going to happen to us now when we ask God a question right here, right now? What's going to happen when we ask God a question when we feel guilty, when we feel shame, when we feel like he's far away, when somebody else broke into our car? That's an opportunity for us to be able to come and turn to God without thinking that he's going to kill us with lightning. Is that okay? He's actually here to embrace us. We're here to be embraced by God, to have intimacy with God. Good? What happens when we're in this place of intimacy? Think about this. Just paint this picture. This place of intimacy with someone that loves us, that we know will never hurt us. We know that they'll never hurt us. What happens when we're in that place in the arms of somebody that we know will never hurt us? They literally verbalized and said, I will kill for you. I love you. I immediately think about my grandma and all the sacrifices she made for me to come here to the United States. She literally gave up her comfort and her first grandchild to be like, go and have a better life. When I think about embrace, when I think about intimacy, I imagine myself in her arms and she has this smell that, you know, grandmas have, that smells so good, you know, and and she just knows how to rub your back because she's been rubbing it since you were a little kid. And she knows exactly the words to say to you because she loves you so much. But really, her motive is all love. You have a special nickname for her. (laughs) And she has a little nickname for you. Isn't that cute? Come on, man. So this place of intimacy, being embraced by God, being held tightly in his arms, and it feels like that. In the most intimate place, all we can see, feel, smell, and have our full attention on is that person. How much better is God? (laughs) I know this is the place where I can hear God the loudest. I just want to clarify, by hearing, I mean having no doubt that God has placed his thoughts, say thoughts, thoughts, ideas, visions inside of me. These thoughts, ideas, and visions are what bring about faith, the quality of not shaking or being moved, but having continuous development with intensity. This place of intimacy with the Lord brings me to a place that Habakkuk writes in chapter 2, verse 1. You guys okay? You guys still thinking about grandma? I know. Think about God. He's so much better. All right, here we go. This is what he said here. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. So this is Habakkuk speaking to God. The original translation paints a picture of a man standing on top of a watchtower, a place high above everything on the bottom of the earth, looking with such precise detail that nothing will get past him into the gates of the kingdom he guards. It reminds me of when I would go to Bethany Beach and see all the beach houses that built stairs at the top of their house to overlook the ocean, waiting for the lovers to come from sea. You see, when we are in a constant place of intimacy with God, we are like the watchmen on towers or the spouses on top of the houses they built away from the noise of the world, 
only focus on the response that something greater can give. There's just something that happens when we get to this place of intimacy. I, I, I just want to call it heaven, <laughs> but I know it's this place of full confidence that any, any vision, idea, thought that God gives me is so much better than anything on earth. It's as wide as the sea of me standing on those rooftops just waiting for a boat to come in. And that word that you get in that moment, if it's good, if it's loving, if it's kind, that's God. And that's his faith, and it transforms you. So I love this, going back to Habakkuk. So God gave Habakkuk this response, just a small picture into his plan of victory known as salvation, which is also known as Jesus. Whether Habakkuk understood the full picture of Jesus Christ is not 100% certain. Yet Habakkuk ends with this hymn. Woo! Let me tell you what that word hymn means. Hymn is the hymn in the Bibles where songs sprung from the soul of people whose everyday life, say everyday life, life. was ordered by God. Are you with me? So a hymn in the Bible where songs sprung from the souls of people whose everyday life was ordered by God. Not just on Wednesdays, not just on Sundays. There's nothing wrong with those, but there's a continuation that happens when you're no longer in the building, when you're actually out there, when circumstances are happening to you. That's called everyday life. And it's an opportunity for a song to be sprung from the innermost part of your being that the world has to hear. (laughs) It's an everyday kind of love. That means that the song didn't just come from one day of intimacy with God. It came from a place of everyday intimacy with God. It's a great indicator of, are you seeing change in your life? No. Is it an everyday kind of day with God? Or is it a one kind of day because you don't know how he feels about you? But then we go home to read stuff about Habakkuk. We read our Bible and, and we see this grand plan that God has for us and he loves us. A plan for purpose, a plan to love you. And then from that place, something in the innermost part of your being where God exists springs up words that you've never heard before. And it turns into songs that everybody gets to sing together when we finally come on the one days. Are you guys still with me? So that hymn we can find of Habakkuk is chapter 317. Okay, and the reason I'm bringing this is because something happened to Habakkuk as Habakkuk was asking these questions to God and saying, hey, God, why is the Babylonian kingdom attacking me? And then God gives a response. And this is, was, was the end of Habakkuk's response to God after he was honest with him. It's in 317. And the title, I love the title, The Hymn of Faith. And remember, the hymn, our song sprung from the soul of people whose everyday life was ordered by God. That means that we have no idea when God actually gave these words to Habakkuk. We don't know what other words God gave to Habakkuk. We only see the ones that were written in the pages that he wrote. But there's something that happened in his everyday life that turned into this song right here in the midst of all the circumstances that the Babylonians were coming and destroying in Habakkuk's life. Are you guys still with me? The hymn of faith, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet (laughs) and he will make me walk on my high hills. You guys good? Wasn't that good? Oh, man, talk about the quality of not being shaken. 
Talk about faith. Talk about unhindered trust. Habakkuk asked God a question just like you and I can do every day. And what was then delivered from God to Habakkuk is a place that changed him. It saved him from the inside out. Circumstances, even though his eyes show him no blossoms, say blossoms, Blossoms. no fruit, say no fruit, fruit. or failed olives, fields of no food, no herd on the stalls. Those are like some real stuff right there. (laughs) Those are some stuff that affect your everyday life. These worldly things stopped affecting him. The spirit of God imparted to him joy. He said he got joy. Let me tell you what joy is. Joy is the opposite of misery. All right, everybody close your eyes. Raise your hand if you've ever been miserable a day in your life. Yeah, there's a place for joy where God is able to come in even though things around you are making you miserable. God is like, wait, 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 wait. There's an exchange that happens when you talk to God and you're honest with him, but you don't stop talking to him until you come to this place that's the opposite of misery. I love this. He also gave him strength, the opposite of failing. Anybody tired of failing or feel like they are a failure? Come on. You don't stop having conversations with God until he gives you that word that's, that just you don't shake anymore. You don't move anymore. Wait, the Lord said that I'm strong. The Lord said that I'm not a failure. That means that I don't need to punish myself because God is not punishing me. I love this too. Confidence. I love how poetic God is. It's just me. Oh, confidence like a deer running fast on the edge of mountains. Yeah. Isn't that, man, I don't, I don't know if y'all ever seen deers run. Yeah. Let me tell you, the only time they don't run is when I'm driving and they run in the middle. Yes. I'm like, bro, you run all the other times. I just see you like prouncing and stuff. You know, I see your little tail moving. But when I'm running with my headlights, you don't want to move. You're going to die. Move, you know. Anyways, God's saying you have that confidence, not the deer in the headlight confidence, the one that's swift, the one that's able to run on the mountain, the one that can only see a little bit of an edge of a mountain, but they don't care. They're running on it, knowing that there's a place to go. Isn't that good? Woo! Come on. He gives you feet like that. That means wherever you're going, wherever it looks like a mountain, God is giving you an opportunity to run on the edge. Watch me. Look at me. I'm running on that edge with brand new shoes. Here I go. They're a gift from God, just so you know. And he's making you a deer. Running on the edges of mountain on places that feel impossible to run. And I don't know about you, but when I see a deer do that, I'm like, yo, they're defying the laws of physics. But they don't stop to look back and be like, too bad, Rafa, I'm defying the laws of physics. They just do it. Why? Because they have this confidence. Where's your confidence coming from? Is it coming from yourself? Which is okay. There's just no victory there because Jesus has all the victory. Okay, remember this part too. Remember, this is a time of war in Habakkuk's life. So the high hill means that with God, we can take any hill. I was in the military. So in the military, who has the advantage? The army on the high hill or the army down below in the valley? Who? Why? Why is that a... Because they got better view. They can see the whole thing. Their guns are pointed down. E equals MC square. You have to run up. You're not confident, so you don't feel like you can run up that hill. But there's something that happens when we allow God to come in, give us a word where we're unshakable and we're able to win any hill, whether in the valley or whether we're on top of the hill. (sighs) Am I the only one that got excited? So the high hill means that with God, we can take any hill. In the military, who has the advantage? (laughs) The, high, the person on the high hill. With faith, any situation that looks like a disadvantage, high or low, is an opportunity for us to turn to the Holy Spirit and bring about his victory regardless of what looks lacking around us. 
but it has, we have to kind of do what Habakkuk did. And we actually get a chance to do it better than he did. Because where does Jesus live? Come on. He lives in us. And, he, and then if you still think he's mad at you, then why would he die for you? So as I was thinking about my situations and I read about Habakkuk, I was like, well, I can, I can eat my apples right now. Like, this is good. I had a whole thing of apples. I ate my apples and I prayed to Habakkuk. I was like, in Jesus' name, I hope he's eating apples in heaven. Um, but I just thought about how like little my circumstances are compared to God. That's really it, you know? I, I just, it stopped me from spiraling out of control when I think about my dad, who I didn't get a chance to come and, and, and make a connection with. Because then that thought spirals me out of control to then, if I didn't have a real relationship with my biological father, how am I going to be a father? But before I can get there, I'm like, God, what do you say about it? And God's like, I'm your father. (laughs) And you're after my image, after me. So you're going to be a better father than any father on this earth because your example is only me, nobody else. And I'm like, okay, that makes me feel pretty good. I'm a deer. Watch out. Here I go. Uh, Here we go. As I think of people in the Bible who had all odds against them, say odds against them. I can't help but think about Moses. Say, poor Moses. Man, I tell you what, every time I hear people preach about Moses, I want to get up and fight because <laughs> Moses has been through so much. He, this man is a man of faith. Like, I, 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 the, the way this dude handled everything, I mean, he obviously killed the dude. That wasn't cool. But like, the way he handled everything afterwards, I was like, my man is a beast. Like, he went out there, he had the spirit of God, God said, do this, he's like, God, I'm scared, I'm bad mute, he's like, don't worry, I have a plan for you, his name is Aaron, you're going to meet him, he's on his way, because I know you're going to talk about your lack of what you think you don't have, but you're still going to go, because I have a plan and a mission to rescue all of Israel, take him out of Egypt, he's with them, uh, the, the, the army is still coming, all of Egypt is still coming after them, he comes, he gets the rod, he splits the sea, everybody knows that song, split the sea so I can walk right through it, so they're walking through it, God comes, destroys all of Egypt, now they're back at this place called Mount Sinai, which is actually the place where God and Moses made a promise. And it's three months later saying, hey, I fulfilled my promise. You actually made it here to the day that I made this promise. And the reason I'm saying all this is let you know that God has a plan and purpose for your life. If he did it for the Israelites in his Old Testament, why would he do it for you now in this brand new Testament where he's living inside of you? Am I the only one that gets excited about this? Ah, Moses had to handle two moments with God that really struck my heart. Oh, I love this. And it brought me to my own watchtower and beach stairs, high above everything. I have to read this because I don't want to mess this up. This is what it's like when we read the word of God and wait for God's spirit to reveal things to us. It's not just sucking in information that has no transformation. When we read the word of God and the spirit speaks through our spirit, it should have us feeling like we're on top of a watchtower or on top of the rooftops waiting for the Father to reveal more of who he truly is and allowing the word of God to be so set in my heart that it changes my entire identity. It brings about faith. And what is faith again in the Old Testament? The quality of not shaking or being moved. Exodus 19.4 brings me to this place. I love to break, I want to break this down for you guys because it was so poetic and it's so beautiful. So if you get a chance, go to Exodus 19.4. And remember, he, he's, Moses is meeting with God finally. And I love this because Moses had to meet him on a mountain where we get to meet him in a blue chair, where we get to meet him <laughs> in the car. Where we, my favorite place, I get to meet him in the shower. 
I have the lights off. I'm chilling there. I have my little soaking music. And then my wife comes in, turns on all the lights. <laughs> but luckily, I read about Habakkuk, and I'm like, God is still with me because the lights, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God is still with me. <laughs> what do you want to say to me, God? So 19.4, I love this. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Are you guys ready? This is so beautiful. The context is God declaring poetically what he did for Israel against Egypt. The reason I keep saying poetic is because I ain't read about no giant eagles. This ain't Lord of the Rings. I ain't seen no giant eagle coming and rescuing the Frodo's in Israel. I didn't see any of that. So obviously God is using this as a poetic way, as a metaphor. Are you guys with me? If you ain't watched Lord of the Rings, I feel bad for you. It's a good movie. You should watch it. All of them. Spend 16 hours watching it. Unless the Wi-Fi is slowing you down, it might take 17 hours. Okay, the context is God declaring poetically what he did for Israel against Egypt. It has a present meaning of what God did for us against sin, the natural realm, and the enemy. Woo! Are you ready? The word bore here means to bear. Say bear. Carry, say carry. carry. Support, say support. support. Sustain, say sustain. sustain. Endure, say endure. endure. Take away, say take away. Take away. Carry off, say carry off. carry off. My favorite word, forgive. forgive. Come on, that's what the word bore means. The word eagles here means lacerated, to tore, to be torn, deeply cut. The word wings means border. So you can say from border to border because it has two wings. The word brought means to be introduced, and the word myself means where, after, within, before, really, it's just all of God's fullness when he says myself. So this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. It was really beautiful. I love him a lot. I'm sitting on my high tower with him away from the world because the only thing that matters is me and this eagle. And he, he said this to me. He translated it this way. So Christ, Jesus Christ, he bared he carried, he supported, and he sustained. Christ endured, he took away, he carried off, and he forgave. Jesus Christ was lacerated for all my sins, past, present, and future. And Christ deeply cut from border to border to simply introduce me to him who is everywhere, after, within, and before. God going to this full extent with Moses hundreds of years before Jesus was born And then Jesus doing all of these thousands of years before I was born again or you were born again, just so Jesus, the Christ, full of his Holy Spirit, can connect with us right now. He can and wants to meet with you right here, right now, regardless of all the lack in your life. He wants to meet you with joy, which is the opposite of misery, strength, which is the opposite of failing, and confidence, like a deer running fast on the edge of mountains in all areas of your life. Okay, so are you guys ready for an exercise? Are you guys, I mean, I was vulnerable. I hope you guys can be vulnerable with yourself. I ain't gonna call nobody up, but just have your journal out, have your phone out if you don't have it. Just find a way to write this down because God's gonna speak to you right now. And I have a series of questions for you and and we have five minutes, so if you have to go, you may go, but I feel like there's life-changing power right here with this word. Because when God reveals something to you, it's not for the sake of just for you to make you feel better. It's actually so you can impart to bring heaven's, heaven into the world. When Moses met with God, he didn't just stay out there in the wilderness. He went out and actually fulfilled what was needed to be fulfilled and set the captives free. So God wants to ask these questions. Are you ready? 
So I just want to pause and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. So take out your journal or your phone. If you're hesitant, if you're like, nah, I'm going to remember, that's okay. It's up to you and God. You figure it out. All right, here we go. Are you ready? First question, what has Christ or what has Jesus carried or supported or sustained with you? Yes, I could be wording it wrong, so just write it in a way that makes sense. What has Christ carried or supported or sustained with you? Does that question make sense? I just learned how to speak a little English, so. <laughs> so what has Christ carried or supported or sustained with you? Any of those words. You don't have to pick all of them. Just the one that stuck out. <clears throat> In what area has Christ endured, took away, carried off, or forgave you in? I'll say it again. Take your time. In what area has Jesus endured or took away or carried off or forgave you in? Are you ready? This is one of my favorite questions. Do you believe that Jesus was lacerated, torn open, cut deeply for all your sins, past, present, and future? Do you believe that Jesus was cut and killed for all your sins, past, present, and future? Do you believe that Christ was lacerated for all your sins, past, present, and future? Okay, as you write that, I just wrote this. If the answer is yes, then ask Jesus, what do you give me in exchange for my sins? If it's a no, just ask him if he could. <laughs> and then ask what the exchange was. Okay, last question. You guys all good? Christ, what is the new place of your fullness you wish to introduce me to right now? I know I said a lot. So Jesus what is the new place of your fullness you wish to introduce to me right now? Yep. Jesus, what is the new place of your fullness you wish to introduce me to right now? One more time. Jesus, what is the new place of your fullness you wish to introduce me to right now? You guys good? Did you write your questions down? Yay. All right, let me end with this, and then I'll pray for you guys. But that's stuff that you can talk to with God. If you need to stay here a little longer, that's totally fine. You can. But also, God can speak to you at your house. God can speak to you at your work. God can speak to you in any place that you feel circumstances are against you. You can ask God those questions right there. And remember, don't stop until you're in this place of intimacy where he just comes and he reveals these ideas, these visions, these thoughts for you. If he could do it for that prophet in the Old Testament, he could do it with you right here, right now, as he lives inside of you. Spirit to spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Yay. Okay, so if you need prayer for anything, feel free to come up. I'd love to pray for you guys. And we can pray about anything because it's all Jesus. It's all him. So Holy Ghost, we just thank you so much. We thank you so much for taking time to just love the creation that you made, the children that you made. Thank you, God, that the circumstances against them were not your idea. So you have a plan for your actual idea. 
to change it all. Thank you, God, for these questions. Thank you, God, that they're just a start to a conversation with you, that if we get one word, then we just get to ask them, what does that mean? Then what does that mean? We get to imitate Habakkuk and just be like him and ask more questions, knowing that he won't punish us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that if Moses was able to meet you face to face to to hear this word from God that you bore us on eagles in the middle of everybody complaining, (laughs) you still met with Moses and you still spoke to him this poetic, beautiful word meant for us now. Then you can talk to us in whatever place you need to talk to us. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your time. And thank you for everybody that's here. I thank you that they're blessed and you love them so, so much. You love them so much that you gave them faith. You gave them salvation. You gave them victory. So we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.